so if you if you give everything to your career I mean everything you know you know obviously you've seen how much passion and love I've put into it but if you give everything up and it gets taken away what do you have left we welcome sports broadcaster Nikki Noto Palmer. I'm Nikki Noto, and I'm coming to you from our Fox Sports Studio. This season of ESPN, you road trip. Coach, we've got to talk about your defense welcome real quick. Welcome to ACC All Access. The upcoming schedule for the Hornets. Hey there, Falcons fans. Welcome back to the Hurricanes Intermission Report. Back at the Walt Disney World Resort. I've got donuts, so that's all we need. Hey, friends. Welcome to Sidelines and Storylines. We've got a good one for you today. No, really, that's because I'm chatting with my friend, Hannah Gooden. God, I hope she forgives me for saying that. (laughs) Hannah made a splash in SEC country by way of Ole Miss in Alabama with a pit stop in Orlando. I have no doubt you will be inspired by her journey and encouraged by her infectious laugh in the midst of all the sidelines. Here's Hannah Gooden's storyline. I want you to tell me about baby Hannah and where the thought to pursue a career and sports broadcasting came from? Oh, no. Baby Hannah was a hurricane. (laughs) Could not be changed. I'm I'm just joking. My parents, my poor parents, I was so hyper all the time. And I don't, they were not feeding me sugar or coffee or anything. I just had so much energy. And I'm still like that. And it all makes sense now looking back because you know when you go back and you watch the home videos and mm-hmm. I always wanted to be the center of attention. I always wanted to grab the camera and yell into the camera and push my sisters out of the way. And so it makes sense how I got into broadcasting. I do not, I'm not a center of attention person like that anymore at all. But it make it just makes sense. So that's my childhood, craziness, tornado. And it just kind of stuck with me. I was like that in college too. I was so energetic uh, at Ole Miss and I was involved in everything. I was mm-hmm. involved in the Ole Miss sports productions and Newswatch, which is our, was our news station run mm-hmm. by students. And I was just so involved with, you know, the sorority life and clubs and yeah. just trying to figure out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. And, um, I'm still like that. I'm nonstop. I'm starting another new business now. So <laughs> that's just me. I love that though. Okay. So this is a twofold question. The first one, why Ole Miss? You're from the Atlanta area and I want to know what drew you to Ole Miss. I mean, I've been there, but I want the people to know why you went there. And then why Ole Miss being from Atlanta, Georgia? So my sister went to Auburn mm-hmm. and it was my dream to go to Auburn. I visited her all the time in high school. Mm -hmm. I loved going there. And the more I went, she wasn't in a sorority and not, not that that matters. I just had my heart set on Mm -hmm. being in a family. When I, when I got to school, I'm always the kind of person that loves to be surrounded by wonderful women. And I just knew that was a path that I wanted to take. Mm -hmm. And she was so anti that sort of life. Um, and I also realized that she was my best friend and I would only be spending time with her and her friends. And I just realized I wasn't going to maybe grow as a person cause I was going to be stuck to her hip. So Auburn started diminishing a little bit, um, down the line. I really only applied to a few schools and then I applied mm-hmm. to Georgia Southern cause my parents went there. Aww. My dad took me down to visit and it just didn't give me that, you know, warm, fuzzy family feeling either. 
So my girlfriends, all, everyone on this trip ended up going to Ole Miss, but my girlfriends, it was five of us all packed into a car and they were like, let's just go visit. I basically dragged me along. I wasn't even interested in this. And you know, you get to this beautiful, beautiful quaint college town. Everyone is friendly. You're feeling so welcomed. And we had the best time that weekend. And I went home and I was like, that I think, I think that's my home for the next four years. Mm -hmm. Every single person that went to Ole Miss that weekend on that trip, we all, we all went together. So for those of you that haven't been to Ole Miss, it has to be one of the most beautiful campuses in the country. Yeah. And of course, when you take it up a notch and when you, when you go to football games, they have a reputation for a reason, right? The (laughs) insane you know, charcuterie boards, chandeliers hanging. I mean, probably all the bourbon and all of America is at the Grove on Saturdays. <laughs> or poured into the grass. At some point. <laughs> bourbon is actually fertilizer in Oxford. <laughs> yes. And we didn't go on a football weekend, but had I, it would have made my decision even that much easier. If yeah. you, anyone listening hasn't been to the Grove, you have to go. You have to go. Those are true. The chandeliers are real. There's band, there's oyster shuckers, there are butlers serving you food. I mean, it is spectacular. And even if you don't know anyone, like just grab a friend, go and walk around and people will be like, yeah. do you need a drink? Do you need a ch- chicken finger? You look like you need a chicken finger. <laughs> <laughs> walk around and it is so wonderful. And uh, Ole Miss really is a, is a special place. So I love that. And it, so it sounds like Ole Miss is where you really laid your foundation with broadcasting, working in sports production there. So what did that role look like for you as a student, but then also working in sports production? What were you doing? So I started out, um, I love to write and I thought I was going to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really think I was going to be in front of the camera per se, but I loved taking pictures and I loved videoing and I loved writing. And so I knew I wanted to do some sort of journalism. So I majored in business. My dad, my lawyer dad was like, you need a business degree. So I majored in business and minored in journalism. Well, sophomore year comes around and I'm acing my journalism classes and I'm getting C's in accounting and economics. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, this really isn't for me. So I flipped. I switched my major to journalism as my major and business as my minor. Uh, it didn't set me back at all. And except I took some extra business courses, but everybody needs that. So I sophomore year was really when I dug in, I started mm-hmm. talking to people about journalism and those classes really helped. And so our um, student run newscast was called Newswatch. Uh-huh. So I did a little tryout and I got the reporter role. Hey. <laughs> Check out my camera and um, book my book my interviews, and it was really a huge learning experience. And so then I um, upgraded to anchor the next summer, and so that path was going. So um, with all of the work I was putting into the news side of things, like I'm going to be a newscaster, Old Miss Sports Productions, and Jay Stern. If anyone out there knows Jay. <sighs> He was at Old Miss forever and he was at ESPN. Right. Well, um, messaged me and said they had an opening in sports. Do, do I have any interest in sports? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, yeah. Coming over, when can I interview, basically? And I got the job. He's still a mentor to my day, to this day. He is one of the biggest mentors and has been such a role model and 
just so helpful in my career, but it all started then. So as soon as I got a taste of sports and spent all semester working football games and then the spring with baseball, um, ESPNU came to town and I was really heavily involved with that. News, I said, I'm, I'm sorry, see you later news. So I dropped news and just um, put all my attention and time into Ole Miss sports productions mm-hmm. and ultimately it paid off. So I just, I just talk to everybody. I just grab everyone's email. I just network, even in college, when you don't know you're networking, you're networking. Absolutely. And that's just really what got me into sports. Mm-hmm. So. No, the networking thing is so critical. I don't know if you f- feel this way. I know in my own personal journey, those people that have been your cheerleaders from the beginning play such a pivotal role in the trajectory of your career. Did you find that to be true for you? Oh, that gives me chills. So Old Miss Sports Productions, I don't, it's not necessarily my first real job, but it was my first job. It paid me. I got a little paycheck. Yeah. And people that I worked with there continue to impact my life to this day. Mm-hmm. So I was a, uh, I think I was a junior then and seniors kind of looked out for the younger Ole Miss interns um, in sports. And so one of the seniors, Darius Thomas, has not only helped me get a job recently, mm. but has been an incredible role model as well and a, a best friend. I mean, we text each other and talk to each other to this Aww. day. And then Jay, you know, Jay was the boss. He was an employee. And I mean, he has also helped me get work when I needed it the most. And having them two, those two, to be able to call at any point, and I could be any age at any point, they'll pick up the phone, help me out. It's, it, it really is those people you cannot take for granted when you're first starting out. They are, they are so impactful and they want to help you. They really want to help you. So that's, yes, that's so important. I think, I don't know where this comes from, but there was a time, you know, where I don't know if I was nervous to ask for help because I thought that I could handle it, but I love hearing you say that I can pick up the phone anytime, give them a call. And more often than not, people want to help you. Yes. I always say this. So when I'm giving advice to, um, younger people who are aspiring broadcasters, you know, when I worked at Alabama, which we can get into later, but oh, I yeah. 20 interns and I always told them people want to help you send me your resume, send me your resume reel. I will look at it. I will write you recommendation. I will call these people and let them know that they need to hire you right now. And out of all these interns that I've had, I really only had six that were super serious about working with me. You know, the other ones thought they could do it on their own and you can't, this is a team, just like sports. It is a team effort and all six of those guys and guys and gals have jobs in news or sports now. And I'm not saying that that's because of me, but it's because of them wanting help and reaching out and girl, every day I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> what I'm doing. So I mean, you, you have to ask for help and you can't be ashamed and people can, people will help you achieve your goals and dreams in this industry. So 
They totally will. They totally will. I think that's a huge takeaway that, you know, for people that are listening that want to get into the business, ask for help. Even for people that are in the business right now in these weird, unprecedented times, still ask for help. I mean, everyone is, is we're still navigating these uncharted waters. And so I just, I love hearing your positivity and your energy with that. And, and the desire of wanting to help others is always going to pay off. Yes. It is like a passion of mine. Yeah. And I joke and say, I still don't know what I'm doing, but I called you and I was like, girl, this is a low time in my life. There are no sports. I, we, we, we need to chat. I need a lunch. We need a okay. chat. And <laughs> you just have to rely on each other. Yeah. Constantly. You know, it never really goes away. Helping each other never really goes away. So I don't know about you, Hannah. I feel like our industry, you mentioned the sorority thing earlier and, and the, the connotation with the sorority is essentially community, right? And I feel as though with, with your path crossing with mine, it, it's so special. I mean, truly, I don't, I mean, I'll probably get choked up, but it is so special having people like you in this industry that you're a champion for women, you're a champion for others, and we have our own little community, right, of wanting to lift up, encourage, and empower others through not only this business, but, but life alone and the, and the struggles that we're dealing with off camera, you know? I mean, you're so right. Life continues with or without your career at its peak. Mm-hmm. And not only coronavirus the last three months, but we have had so many life milestones, ups and downs, then trying to navigate, am I going back to work? How am I going to bring in money to help my family? Um, and you, even aside from coronavirus, you have your ups and downs in your career. Even mm-hmm. if you are a star, you know, if think about your favorite sports broadcaster, think about what their online persona is and what you think of them. And, you know, you put them up on a pedestal, but it's not always like that. It's not always rainbows and sunshine. Actually, it's only rainbows and sunshine a little bit. Like people deal with all sorts of struggles and having a girl community where we're not fighting each other and we're helping each other and encouraging each other is my favorite part about the sports broadcasting industry. And I think my favorite part about this career path I chose. Oh, 100%. And I think I value it more now than I ever had. Yeah. I think now is, is more than ever the time when you're like, Hey, we're in all this together. Hannah, you, you mentioned Alabama. So I'm going to bring Alabama up. We're going to pivot a little bit. You went from Ole Miss to Alabama, which I love. It, it, it just, it cracks me up just making your way through the SEC West. And you had to have had one of the coolest jobs in the world at a time where the trajectory of Alabama championships just took off. And I'm saying that because I was there during the Shula years when we lost to Louisiana Monroe years. So you kind of came in at this amazing time to experience some of the most incredible memories in your career. What was that like for you? This all ties in because I got that job at one of the lowest points in my career. Ah, I love Um, that. You know, sidelined in storylines. I've been sidelined three times, two involuntarily. And then I sidelined myself once, (laughs) Um, but I was currently sidelined and I was doing some freelance work for Fox Sports South when Mercer started up their football program Mm -hmm. and I was at a real low I thought about you know changing my career and you know what am I going to do well 
remember that guy I mentioned earlier, Darius from Ole Miss Sports Productions? Mm -hmm. I called him. I was explaining my situation. And he was like, you know what? Let me make a few phone calls and Alabama might have an opening. So long story short, and lots of months went by, mm -hmm. I ended up doing like a 10-hour interview with, no. with, with Crimson Tide Sports Productions. Um, it was all day. It was the most exhausting interview I have ever been through. And I have had a lot of jobs and a lot of interviews. I got there at 8 a.m. and did not leave until, I mean, 6, 7 p.m. <laughs> it was grueling, but worth it. Um, what all it, did they ask you? What made that interview so different than all the others? So when I got there, I had to interview with every single employee in the building. So, you know, our office um, was inside Bryant Denny Stadium. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing. They had just renovated it for the SEC network. It was the very first year of the SEC network. And they had taken the offices from the basement of Coleman, which is the basketball mm -hmm. facility, into Bryant Denny. So there was a lot of different aspects to it. You know, they have Learfield, which is the video rights for right. Alabama. So I had to interview with Learfield. I had to interview with Crimson Eye Productions. We had to make sure SEC Network was on board. So it was all morning of interviews. And then I had an editing test. Then I had an on-camera test. And then I had more interviews in the afternoon. We, I think we broke for lunch somewhere in there. I think we ended up getting dinner too. <laughs> so it was just the fact that the SEC Network was involved in Learfield and there was many different parts um, and pieces and there was just so many people that had to, I guess, approve this hire. So that's what, that's what made it really grueling. But Alabama was the best job, my dream job. I've had my dream job a few times over. Uh, it's unfortunately been taken away, some of those sidelined um, things I mentioned, but Alabama was so special. Like it's back to the family feeling. You mm -hmm. are a part of these teams. You are friends with these coaches. You are just one of them. You know, I traveled with the teams. I got to learn new sports. You get to be just a part of the community there. And I cannot even explain the passion that all the employees have for Alabama and the sports teams and whether you're there or not you're in it you step on that campus and you're an employee and you are a team and it was such an amazing job I look back on that and um is probably the best three years of my life so far so yeah well and it sounds like too with that job you uh, which I love this and I think this is really important to to point out it's, it was a multifaceted job, right? In the sense of you weren't just covering football, you were covering a plethora of sports and you're a one man band. And with that term, it means you're shooting, you're writing, you're editing, you're, you're doing all the things and you're bringing so much value to that broadcast. Did, do you feel like with that job you gained, I mean, it, it just sounds like you gained a whole new Rolodex of skills. Mm -hmm. How, how much did that job help you moving forward with, with everything else that, that you'd be working on? I mean, it helped incredibly. I mean, it was almost like fine tuning skills too. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I always tell everybody to be, you've got to be able to edit. You have to be an advanced editor, like learn how to edit in college, grind in, ask for help and advice, and just become a really good, solid editor. 
um, because the fact that I was advanced in editing and on camera is what got me that job that I, I could do. That. And I, and I love editing. I actually have like a real passion for producing. So it not only was producing it on camera, I was also asked to do anything. It, it was the hard part about it is that it was an open book sort of position. Like, Hey, you want to do play by play for a volleyball game next month on the SEC network? Hey, you want to try to play by play for soccer? What about sideline for this baseball game? Um, I mean, it, it was wow. as much as you wanted to put into it or as little. So I could have just, you know, hosted their little shows and, um, you know, produced, produced the features for the SEC network they were asking for, but knowing me, <laughs> tornado, I wanted to be so, I wanted to do everything. And I burnt myself out a little bit doing it, but I literally did every single thing that that position asked more. I also had 20 interns. I also taught interns while all of this was going on. So my day to day at that job was so crazy. I mean, it'd be like Monday, like, you know, you get there, we'd get to work at nine and you start, you know, the different projects that you're working on. My big thing was scheduling my interns because they had to help. But we had all these sports that started realizing what we were doing for other sports because I was going above and beyond. So all the other sports wanted in, you know, the tennis and rowing and golf, you know, you can go down the list of all the different sports that also wanted video. So I had my interns kind of doing all that. But um, so 11, it would be like 11 a.m. football interviews. And then it would be noon basketball interviews. And then it would be one o'clock preparing for my play-by-play -play that evening. And it would be like, you know, three o'clock SEC network is looking for their feature due for SEC now that night. And then at five o'clock, you know, my intern's having a crisis and it's, <laughs> it's, it's all, it was all day, but it was so rewarding and so fulfilling. And it's hard for me to describe that job because I forget a lot of the things that we were even doing at the time, yeah. but you talk about fine tuning skills. So another cool thing with, with Crimson Tide Productions is that we had overall, not just myself, but the, but us, we were only a team of 12, I think. Mm -hmm. And we had 115 interns total. I'm sorry, how many? 115 for our whole department. That's a lot of people working for free. <laughs> yes. But it was so cool because everyone was always willing to teach you. So like I wasn't the best shooter. And so, you know, one of the other producers that I worked with, Johnny or Alex, they would be doing like a, a camera class for some of their interns. And I'd be like, hey, can I like come in and kind of learn some of that? I'm, I'm going to need this skill at some point. Right. And then with some of the digital shows, SEC Digital Network, we would, we would need all these interns to run camera, to run different positions in the control room. And I could go in there and sit and watch and learn while they're learning. So mm -hmm. I just knew at some point, all of those skills, you need all of those skills when you're, when you're trying to get a job and you can list that you know how to run replay and CG and you've directed and you can That's say cool. all these things. It's just great. And I just, I'm just, I'm always wanting to learn and do more too. Mm. So I think that, um, yeah, I've, I've never learned more in, than in those three years for sure. That's amazing. And I know that you learned a lot about yourself and you said that job was coming off of 
two involuntary sideline positions that you were in. Would you mind just going into those a little bit and, and maybe the hard lessons that you learned along the way with those? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because these stories, they can get long, so I'll try to keep it short. But when I tell these stories, every broadcaster that I tell them to are like, me too, me too. So you're not alone in this, but it's just so common to have such a, it's just a fragile industry in, in yeah. many ways. So I, um, from Ole Miss Sports Productions in college, uh, I, I told you this story once. So how I got my first job, Jay texted me and he goes, get your A explicitive up here right now. So I thought I was in trouble. I was like, oh my gosh, throw on a t-shirt, put my hair in a ponytail, like got there. I was like out of breath, walked into his office. I was like, is everything okay? Well, what, what? He was like, oh, here, I'd like you to meet the vice president of Exos Digital. They are starting up the SEC Digital Network. Thought this would be a great contact for you. They're hiring. I'm like, oh, my God. Thanks for the heads up. Sweat dripping down my face. I was going to say, and you're dripping in sweat. So I meet Dave, um, Dave Wilson, still a good contact of mine. Um, we chatted for, for forever. And one thing that impressed him was that I knew how to cut tape, not edit, but cut old school tape. Jay had showed me. He was really impressed. Um, You're talking about highlights? Yes. Yes. Like back in the tape where you like are actually cutting them. Um, I don't even, couldn't even tell you what that machine is called right now, but uh, he was like, show me how to do it. And so we were, we were cutting tape and um, he was really impressed by that. So again, goes back to me just wanting to learn and know everything. So I got a call to come down to Orlando and interview. And obviously I wanted a job. I needed a job, graduated in May. And so I started talking to him in May. Well, by July, I was down there, um, did the interview and had no clue what I was getting myself into. This job was also just crazy. <laughs> I got the job and it was honestly, I mentioned I've had my dream job multiple times over. It's, it's, one of those it's one of those mm -hmm. jobs because i got thrown into the fire and they knew i had no idea what i was doing from a professional standpoint because i had just i had just graduated college so you know there's a different level of professionalism from someone that's been in the industry 10 years and not but you know they didn't pay me much and they were like look our, our expectations are down here okay so just, let's just see what we can do so I was a on-camera host and producer for the SEC Digital Network. And I know it kind of gets confusing, all this SEC Network stuff I'm talking about. Um, but it was secsports.com. So like secsports.com now belongs to the SEC Network and ESPN. Well, we owned it. We started it. Mm -hmm. And we were affiliated with the SEC Network. Like at Media Days, they would brought, advertise for us. Mm -hmm. So we were the first conference to host a daily live show. And I uh, wrote it. And with a team of two other guys, produced it and hosted it. Hmm. And I did that for three years from 2011 to 20, I think end of 2014. Um, and it was so much fun. And I always tell people that your first job is going to be one of the most special times in your life because you move. I, I just always recommend everyone moving out of their hometown and moving out of their city. I live in Orlando. But I knew, knew I knew nobody. I packed my car. 
I moved down there for this job that I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I've met some of my best friends for life in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And um, it was truly an amazing job. I, I loved that. Okay, so sidelined. I'm getting, getting <laughs> sentimental here. <laughs> so we went under. So <laughs> that, that is the best transition. I met some of the most amazing people in Orlando, and then we went under. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not bitter or anything, you know. Um, so the <laughs> we so the SEC network started um, taking fruition. I feel like ESPN was like, all right, we're gonna do this. Big Ten Network's working. Mm -hmm. So they started pulling back. They started pulling back on what they were allowing other people to do. This also affected my next job. So they wanted SECSports.com bought it right out from under us well we sold it to them you know and didn't take a single person with them just see ya thanks for doing what you're doing things look good talk to you later peace so um i as soon as i got word that that was going to happen started networking and talking to people well jay stern my boss at old miss sports production mm -hmm. called him probably in tears my job this job that i've loved and put my whole life into is going under what do i do so he was asking around uh, and I was asking around too. And we ended up with CSS in Atlanta. It's like, you know hey, what? Hey, <laughs> they are doing SEC games. They're doing what I'm doing down here. This is perfect. So he got me the contact for Steve, up, uh, Steve Thomas, my, my former boss at CSS. And I went up there for an audition um, and I got it. And so that was such an amazing moment I was like look this all paid off this this negative time in my life just paid off tenfold because this job is even better and it's tv instead of just digital and it's regional and I'm gonna get to learn so much so I ended up hosting a show with DJ Shockley and Maria Taylor my buddies to this day we hosted yes. the dog report on CSS I was a um sideline reporter for SEC games and CUSA games uh, I was also another part of my job was a um marketing coordinator so i ran our social medias both the sports side um and the sales side and i loved that job just traveling all over getting yeah. to meet people um getting to learn from maria and dj which was amazing so two more years go by and the sec network decides we don't want anyone broadcasting sec games because they were about to get started mm. and the way that css got most of their money was by broadcasting those smaller tiered SEC games. Right. On top of everything, all the other content that they were producing, like Sunbelt and CUSA, but you know, the bigger conferences pay the bills. So once they pulled those games from CSS, CSS went under. <laughs> Anna, I'm so sorry. I mean, you're laughing and I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I, I deeply understand and resonate with you of where this is coming from. You had two of the most amazing jobs, right? Of, of getting your feet wet in the industry with you're working alongside heavy hitters, like you're, you're doing the thing, girl. And they went under. Yeah. What, what did you learn in those moments aside from... <laughs> SEC Network. Seriously, man, you're taking two of my jobs. What was the hardest lesson that you learned in those moments and how did you get through it? 
So a lot of my friends that have been through adversity in this industry pivot, you know, they go into different areas, they kind of give up. Um, and, and, and I'm not discrediting them because, oh my God, you have to stick with this. I was single at the time. I'm having to pay my own bills. And I'm, these jobs are being taken from me and I'm having to pay rent and pay bills and take mm -hmm. care of myself. And then, you know, you don't get, people think you get like a clothing stipend. <laughs> Nobody pays for your clothes and your hair and your makeup and all the stuff that you have to maintain. So these jobs are my lifeline. And so I can see how people are, you know, they, they step aside. Um, you know, I've been considering that during this coronavirus and then you whip me back into shape. Um, but it's just something that you just go there mentally. What am I doing? This is, is this worth it? Um, but it is, you know, sports yeah. sucks you in. It's life. Um, I can never give up the broadcast side of things from either side of the camera because it's my creative is my passion. And I just learned to just keep going and stick with it. If you, if you want something enough, you can make it happen. So that's when the Fox Sports South Mercer job came in because mm -hmm. I just kept talking to people. I was like, look, I'm available. I'm available. Social media, LinkedIn, texting everybody, um, people that I know in the industry. And it, it, it just worked. I had my friend Dan um, text me and he was like, look, you're available. Mercer's getting started with their football program back up in Macon, Georgia. Let, let's do this. ESPN3, Fox Sports South seems small. We're not going to pay you much, but how about you just keep your, keep your skills fresh and come down here and, and hang out with us for a whole fall. And, and you're I'm, saying come down here because it's not down the road. How far were you driving to do this, Hannah? Two and a half hours. Uh, it's, it's not too bad, but two and a half hours one way and then two and a half hours back that night. Hannah, like Hannah. Times a week. I'm, I'm going to stop you there. You said, <laughs> well, it's not that bad. Girl, a five hour round trip. Yeah. Hey, you happen. Talk about lessons. You, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. So... That's that's admirable. That's a lot because I think uh, people that, that aren't in the industry don't understand what all that entails, right? Two and a half hours of driving there. Then you have what probably coaches meetings, then production meetings, then you're doing the game. Then you're coming off of just everything that comes with doing a game, right? Like you're tired. You are still on this adrenaline, adrenaline high rush. And then you've got to get back in your car and drive two and a half hours home. Yeah. We, uh, DJ and I would carpool a lot and, and Dan, mm -hmm. um, we, we would, we would carpool, but most of the time I was by myself. Yeah. We'd go down mm -hmm. for media days and go down for interviews and we were trying to help them with some of their digital stuff as well. And, um, yeah, it was a lot, it was a yeah. lot, but it was, it was worth it. I kept my, my skills fresh. I was making money on the side as well. And let's not, let's not get into that. I'm yeah. Sure. Can you, can you clarify that a little bit, Hannah? <laughs> I was working down at the Atlanta Apparel Mart as uh -huh. a um, prom dress salesman, saleswoman, and model. So that was helping me. I am, y'all, I am not a model. I'm so awkward. But hey, it was bringing in like 150 bucks a day. And that's what I was having to do. And then, you know, go down to Mercer in between. And I was just sticking with it. And it paid off so much because that's when my friend Darius, when I was talking to him and I was like, look, this Mercer stuff is, is only for the season. What am I going to do in the spring? Mm -hmm. 
um, just talk, you know, like when you're going through something and you need help, just start talking to your friends, start talking to people, people will shoot out ideas and you're just like, yes, that is what I needed to hear. Or that is exactly who I needed to speak to. And you know, he, he helped me, um, get in contact with, with Justin over at Alabama and it all, you know, it all just, it all just worked out for the best because my two sidelines, my first two sidelines led me to that Alabama job. And working for Alabama during those two championship years and for all those teams and you know, the Olympic sport team, just being a part of that community was uh, my greatest achievement in my career so far. And I, I never would have gotten to work at Alabama overlooking this Brian Denny Stadium every day if I hadn't gone through what I had been through with my first two jobs. So for sure. And at, at Alabama, you were doing everything, shooting, editing, anchoring, reporting, uh, and you really fine-tuned that skill set, which is huge because that only carries you into your storyline now of ending up back home in Georgia at Georgia Public Broadcasting. And why don't you tell me a little bit about specifically what that job looks like in addition to how you have been able to honestly just navigate the lack of sports for the coronavirus and again, another job going, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Yeah, so Alabama, I sidelined myself after three years. I got engaged to uh, my best friend from high school and it was a no brainer. Um, I, I told you at our lunch that <clears throat> my job could have been, and, and there's a million what ifs, but I had been in contact with quite a few people at Alabama and it really could have launched me into a whole different career path but it was an absolute no-brainer to move back home to marry john um so I, I put in my two weeks you know i he we had been together for four years he surprised me with a proposal and i got to work that monday and i said i i, I gotta go it was so heartbreaking uh, i'm not a crier and i'm certain i shed tears over that one so i moved back home to atlanta and it has been a bumpy ride ever since, but I, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be now. So I moved back home um, for a job with Cox Media Group. And then I ended up working at the College Football Hall of Fame for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at GPB and our team is so phenomenal. We have my boss, Kevin Gerke, and you work for us. <laughs> and we just have the greatest time and it is high school sports, but you know what? Those stories are so special. These kids are, you know, grinding it out and they have their whole future and ahead of them. And it keeps you young talking to these kids about what they want to do, what they want to be. And, um, it is just, I love covering their stories and then watching them go off to college and then watching them go off to the NFL. And you are like, yes, I knew that kid was special. Mm -hmm. um, but navigating this crazy time, it's been a really long three months. I stopped working May 1st for them. And we were supposed to go back mid-July and then it turned into August. Now it's turning into September. And the uncertainty, as you can tell anyone listening by now, <laughs> I don't do well with uncertainty. So it's been a constant, uh, what, should, what can I do? What can I do next? Who can I talk to? Mm -hmm. And there isn't anyone to talk to besides your girls and guys for support because there, are, there were no sports. It was the first thing to go. No one can hire you. No one can help you out right now. And it was a really weird feeling of um, just so uncomfortable, just 
what am, what am I going to do? How am I going to be able to contribute and help my family? You know, we're not rich. So we both work full time. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the money is a big factor too, but it's also my career. I have been in this thing for 10 years and I have not been through all these downs to give up now. As of right now, we have a start date back to work, which is August 31st. Mm. Um, and that's a win to me. You know, you're telling me a date to come back into work and it really, you know, will change your day. Yeah. I love that. And I, I love hearing the passion in your voice about high school sports. There is something special unless you've been a part of it. There's still such an innocence with football. I'm not talking about the recruiting because that's not very innocent, but innocent in the sense of a lot of these guys are out there playing because they love it. They're not, I mean, the, the small percentage of guys that go on to play college, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but it's, it's incredibly small. And so you see these kids go out there because they love it you know, and for a lot of kids, this is the first maybe structure they've had in their life. It's their first opportunity to learn about time management and to be, you know, to be at a place on time, right. And doing the right thing. So I love hearing your passion about it. And I'm curious, I, I know, you know, this is Georgia specific, but what's been maybe one of the storylines that just really brought you in when it came to covering one of these athletes or a program? Well, last year was really heart-wrenching for all of us. Um, Irwin County's head coach, Buddy Nobles, was dealing with a slight stomach issue in April. And, you know, this is a team that he had been grooming to become great. I mean, they had been working so hard. I mean, you know, people listening to this are like, where's Irwin County? <laughs> it is a tiny little town, but he, we, we went down there for some interviews and we were doing some features on the team and he ha- had some stomach issues. Long story short, it turned into stage four cancer. And he, that team rallied around him. They kept winning and winning and winning and winning. And they get to the state championship and the coach can barely walk. Yeah. Buddy is in his wheelchair and he's having, they had to get approval to bring a special wooden coaching booth down on the sideline. It kind of lifted him up so he could see, cause he was in a wheelchair so he could see the game. And they had been got, they had gotten approval all over the state to bring this thing around when he started, you know, going downhill. Um, they won the game. They won the state championship. Uh, yeah. Hadn't lost a game against, you know, all those odds. They just rallied around their coach. And the picture of Buddy Nobles with the championship trophy in his wheelchair with his team around him holding it up. If that doesn't make you cry, you're not a human. Yeah. That season and that story is what makes you come back to high school football every single year. It gives me chills. I, I personally remember witnessing that, but just hearing, hearing you tell it again, it brings it all to life. And it's so special. Your path has been so interesting to me and, and listening to all of the times you've been sidelined. It is, it's, you know, to see you, to watch you, to hear you come out on the other side of all of this junk 
is incredibly admirable. And, and I'm just curious, this is, this is an opportunity for you to boast about yourself and there isn't, what are you most proud of in your journey of maybe whether it's what you've learned, what you've accomplished, what are you most proud of thus far? Um, it's a really hard one. <laughs> I am probably just most proud of my positive attitude maybe because mm-hmm. I'm a really positive person anyways, but there's only so much a positive person can take, <laughs> you know, and I've kind of laughed my way through all of this. Um, like I said, I'm not a crier and I'm, I'm really not someone that really gets in my feelings, but I would just have to say just, you know, sticking with it, you know, so, like I said, so many people don't stick with it. And I'd have to say that, and just my work ethic surprises me looking back and seeing all of the relationships that I built and all the different ways that I had to navigate this industry. I'm like, today, I don't think I would have enough energy for all of that. You know, it just, it just surprises me how hard I worked and how much I wanted it. And I, I still do, but you know, 10 years later, it's, it's a different, it's a different type of passion. Um, so I would say that, and then I'm most proud of all the, the friendships that I've made. I mean, you and my team of girls that I have met through yeah. sports broadcasting is my like shining glory in all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have girls coming out of the woodwork that would just be like, Hey Hannah, like just like a, like a DM, like, Hey, I'd love to chat sometime um, you know, about sports and you're, do you want to meet up for coffee? And I never say no. I was on the phone with an hour with Kate, a girl who wants to come shadow me this fall a couple weeks ago. And I don't think I've ever turned down a chance to chat with somebody or go get coffee or lunch. And more times than not, those relationships have turned into friendships and best friendships. Um, my friend Maria here in Atlanta, Maria Martin, she, we reached out to each other and we were chatting. She went to Ole Miss too. And that's blossomed into like a beautiful friendship. And so that um, is so important to me. So that's what I'm really proud of too. I love that. Is there anything that you would go back and change if you could? So (laughs) maybe this is more of a funny story. (laughs) I don't really think I changed anything because I did it all truly. But we were at SEC Media Days, um, my very first one. And I was supposed to be live on secsports.com and do these reports and check-ins and interviews. So I was so green, you know, fresh out of college. I actually threw up the night before because at dinner, at dinner with our whole team, I was just a ball of nerves. But I got to meet Les Miles, right? One of my favorite coaches of all time best and yes so I meet Les Miles I actually got to do like a quick interview with him and we I was in charge of posting for social media too or sending pictures to get posted on social media so I run up to him and I'm like I wanted a picture with him but I was so nervous because as a member of the media which you've learned you're not supposed to ask for pictures you're supposed to be professional okay but this is like Les Miles guys right I know total fangirling out so I'm like Les and then like, you know, it hits me that professional, my, that professional whisper in the back of your mind. That's like, don't ask for a picture. I'm like, can I get a picture of your 
championship ring. (laughs) (laughs) My hand is shaking. And they had just won the championship the year before. So that would have been 2011. 2011, because this would have been the spring of 2012. So they had just won the championship. So I have this blurry picture of Les Miles' championship ring, because I can't study my phone to take a picture. And it ends up going out on social media. But that picture cracks me up to this day. So what I would have done different, I would have asked Les for a picture. So I could have had a picture with Les Miles. But instead, I have a shaky picture of his championship ring. Um, That's something that stands (laughs) out. That's something that stands out that I would have done differently. Oh my gosh. Other than that, you know. <laughs> You're like, it's good. It's good. And he totally would have taken that with you, by the way. Les, he is one of my all-time favorite coaches. I know. I even told my dad that story. And he was like, Hannah, should have gotten a picture. Like, I know, I know. But I'm such a professional. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so these are a few questions that I ask every guest. So the first one would be you, first of all, let me just preface. You have gotten to report from some really cool sidelines, first of all, because you've gotten to meet some amazing coaches and follow some amazing teams. But if there is a team or maybe an organization that you could report from their sideline, who would it be? So obviously my first, what I would say Ole Miss, but I've done that. You know, my very first sideline gig ever was on the Ole Miss sideline. So cool. Talk about coming full circle. But I would say hopping out of football, um, I would have to say the Braves. Love it. We're huge Braves fans. Uh, My dad, we grew up going to Braves games. My husband is literally a diehard Braves fan. Mm -hmm. I had to talk him out of buying one of those cutouts to put in the stadium, which is (laughs) We still might do, <laughs> but we're just diehard Braves fans. Like during the season, I know I don't get to watch anything else on TV. It's just the broadcast, Jeffrey and Cora's voice in our house nonstop. And so I think just because the Braves are in my home every day, I would probably uh, in- enjoy doing some games from yeah. the Braves team, Truist Park. So that would be, that would be something that would definitely be on the bucket list. That's really cool. All right. So you've done, this is kind of cool too. You've done play-by-play. You have been a reporter. Have you ever done color before? No, I have not done color. Okay. Well, if, if let's say that the Hannah story is coming out on air, on the big screen, what have you, who would you select to be your play-by-play and your color commentator? So color commentary, you know, has to be someone who has played the sport, been very involved in that particular subject. So without sounding too cheesy with these, you know, you're trying to think of, you know, some sort of famous broadcaster, some famous person that, you know, I admire, but I'm going to go with my best friend, Zoe. Oh, I love that. Knows me better than her. And I think that because of her expertise, her expertise in my life, she'd yeah. be a great color commentator. Oh, uh, I love that. So, and then for play-by-play, um, I'm really not trying to be corny. I'm just trying to think of the best broadcast for my life. It would have to be my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so, I ran this question by him the other day, and I was like, who would be the play-by-play of my life? 
and he immediately starts going, oh, she woke up at 10 o'clock again, and the coffee is cold again. She's having to reheat the coffee, and he's starting to pull. That was his audition. Yes, he starts doing this play-by-play of my life the past couple of months, and oh, big day letting the dogs out, and so I was like, you know what? You're it. You're the play-by-play of my life. And, um, yeah, Zoe is the color and I think it would be hilarious and entertaining. And what more can you ask for? <laughs> You're hired. I love it. No, but I love that you went that route of the people that know you best, right? Like that have seen those sideline moments and that have been a part of your storyline your entire life, which is so cool. Family is everything to me. Um, from the whole beginning of, since we started talking, family drives me, family brought me home and changed my career path. Um, family and friends is everything to me. It's more important than, than a career. Careers, you know, are important for money, but it's family is, is life to me and building relationships and, you know, no one's going to remember my name. Who, who's going to remember Hannah Chalker Gooden, you know, 20 years from now, you know, I will. I, as long as you do, you know, I'm, I'm not. I, I have come to the realization that I'm not going to have my name stamped in sports broadcasting history. So I'm not going to give up my family and my friendships, my life for, for something that in the grand scheme of things, isn't that important because what was the most, what was the first thing to go during coronavirus? The first thing to go during a hard time in this world was sports. And so if you, if you give everything to your career, I mean, everything, you know, you know, obviously you've seen how much passion and love I've put into it, but if you give everything up and it gets taken away, what do you have left? So it's been a lot of reflecting too, because you know, when you're in it and you're thick of it and you're just starting out, you're like, I'm going to be it. I'm going to make it. And my perspective of making it has drastically changed because mm-hmm. I truly believe I have. You've made it, Nikki. We've all have our own idea of what's making it. And I've come to the realization that I have because my life has been so full during all of this crazy sports broadcasting drama in my life and career. And I still have family and friendships and so many other things that I'm more proud of. So um, that's just me though, you know? Oh, I love that. Your perspective is so fresh and again, just admirable and authentic. And I think that's so important. And I am just so proud of you of walking alongside your journey, watching you navigate, you know, some hard stuff, but you're, you have one of the most contagious smiles and laughs and you, I I just, I love how no matter what the heck's going on, there's still that positivity glass half full rose colored glasses. And that in itself is going to continue to take you so far with whatever you're going to do. Well, thank you. I hope so. It's definitely been challenging the past couple of months probably the toughest mental health time I've ever had in my life. Um, July, you know, just yeah. you, know, you keep hearing from work that, you know, you're not going back. You're not going back. You know, your friends are like, Oh, there's not going to be football. Um, 
And so then that just continues to put into perspective. Football is not everything. So what else can I do? You know, just, you know, just get the, get the ball rolling and, you know, what else can we do just in case football doesn't happen? So I just try to be positive. I just, I'm not the kind of person, like the moment I start feeling bad, I'm just, I just, nope, suck it up. Suck it up, buttercup. Of all my dad was tough on us. You know, we are independent. He has three girls and he has raised us to be strong and independent. And I just work at it every day. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to find something positive today out of this crap hole that we're living in right now. So <laughs> I love it. And I'm going to go ahead and call you out because you have told me that you will be pursuing photography, which is a passion you've always had. And now given with everything going on, there is no better time than now. I firmly believe than to continue doing what you love. And of course, sports broadcasting is a facet of that. In addition to photography. So t tell me real quick, what, what are you going to do with that? And when are you getting it off the ground? Let's go girlfriend. Yeah. So, um, my backup plan for this fall, one of my girlfriends, she's amazing. She Let's was not like, call it your backup plan. I'm going to call you out. Well, it's not your plan. In addition to what you have going on. So my former backup plan was <laughs> dreadful. She wanted me to come in and work an entry-level data entry job, desk job. She was just trying to help me out. That was my original backup plan. That made me even more depressed. So I said, I'm not, I have not spent 10 years of my life in creative to sit behind a desk and push data entry numbers for minimum wage. Um, so I was like, you know, what do I love to do? So I'm sitting there, I'm talking to you. You and I talked about this. What do I love? And photography, video, editing, pictures. You can also edit, you edit pictures. So it just dawned on me that I need to jump into a new passion as my now, I guess you won't, if we're not calling it a backup plan, my new plan. You're in addition to plan. Addition to. So um, we had a rainy day fund. So anytime we have like lots of cash, like Christmas presents or birthdays, mm. um, excuse my dogs and fighting in the background. Um, <laughs> we take this cash and we put it in, um, I was going to like tell you exactly where we put it. <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that. Anyways, we take a little cash and we You're like in the bedpost in our guest room, you screw off the top and that's where it is. Third drawer down code is zero seven two one. Um, just joking. But so we ended up looking at it. We were like, okay, here's how much money we have. And we had more than half the money to cover an investment into a camera. So it's, we, it was a rainy day fund. And John, my husband was like, oh, you know, I don't want to use a rainy day fund. And I was like, well, you know, it's a rainy day. It's a rainy day for me. Like it is a downpour. There's a hurricane Hannah coming. We need that fund. We need this. So we ended up taking the money and investing into a um, Sony, Sony A7 III. And I've had it for three weeks and been doing nonstop YouTube tutorials and trainings and calling my photographer friends. I've got one of my good friends, Allie's a photographer from the NFL. And then our wedding photographer is a good friend of mine, Liz. So I have just been dove in for the past three weeks. And I had my first gig this weekend, paid gig, whoop, whoop, um, after three weeks of having the camera. So we're going to get this thing going. Yeah, girl. Onward and upward. I am just so stinking proud of you for your in addition to plan. That's what I'm calling it. It's not a backup. It's your in addition to plan because you are so gifted. And I love watching you think through 
what do I enjoy? What am I good at? How can I continue telling stories? And you can still do that through photography, which I freaking love. So I'm just so pumped for you. The, the last thing is how can people find you? How can they follow you? And especially with this photography stuff coming up. So I'm on Instagram, Hannah C. Gooden, and Twitter is Hannah C. Gooden as well. But my new Instagram for my photography business is Hannah Gooden Photo. Mm -hmm. I haven't posted anything yet. It does have a profile picture, um, but that is how I'm going to get that started. I'm going to start, I'm going to do some posting on social media this week to kind of see um, the interest I get there. But I'm always on Instagram. That's probably the best place to find me. Mm -hmm. DM me if anybody needs advice or wants to go grab that coffee. Uh, my email too is hannahcgooden at gmail.com. So that's how you can find me. I'm there. I'm on the webs. You are all over the interwebs, girlfriend. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story, for being vulnerable and authentic. It's one of the many things that make you a good one. See what I did there? Thank you, Nikki. I'm proud of you for getting this podcast off the ground. How much fun for getting here to sit here and chat. I know it's not the same as being on the patio with margaritas, but Hey, I'll take it. I know me too. Good job, girl. This was so fun telling my story. I know it's, it's kind of a long, complicated story, so it's hard to tell people in such a short amount of time. So this was good. This was quite a bit of time and you have more more time on a podcast to explain, you know, what you've been through. And I, I, hope it, I hope it helps somebody. That's really, that's really my goal is sharing the story. I hope it helps somebody, somebody else can relate. Somebody else can get some positivity and some, um, you know, some advice from it. Don't give up. Keep going. Absolutely. Your story is worth telling and sharing. And I have no doubt that someone is going to be incredibly inspired and motivated by yours and to keep going. So thank you, sister. I appreciate it. Love you, gal. Thank you. You too, girl. See ya. Bye. Hannah is simply the best. I appreciate how raw and real she got with her sideline moments. And I love how she acknowledges how critical they were to her overall storyline. She keeps going, she keeps hustling, and she always stays true to Hannah. I also selfishly love working with her and the friendship that has evolved. Thanks so much for listening to Sidelines and Storylines. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.